Hello, fellow A's fans, and welcome to Oaktown Boys, episode 13. I'm, I'm Corey. <laughs> <laughs> and we're the Oaktown Boys. Content warning. Discussions of long stretches of bad baseball forthcoming. Well, that happened. Yep. It was. It wasn't. It didn't end up as bad. We, I mean, as we were preparing for this, it didn't end up as bad as it seemed like it was going to. But the, the losing anyway. streak is over, so that's cool. Yeah, you never want those to even happen. So they I, they didn't lose the series versus the Yankees. I asked the baseball gods for series win against the Yankees. Yeah, and they did not. They, they did not oblige. They gave them a split, and I'm oddly okay with it. It started out just. A continuation of last week. Last week was brutal, and this week started off no better. Trevino immediately blew the first game of the week. He gave up three runs in the ninth inning to the Mariners, uh, including a two-run game-tying home run by Ty France. It was incredibly predictable, Um, and then they scored another run, and the A's could not do anything to combat that. So they went down 5-3. They had a three-run lead. I mean, three-to-two lead going into that last inning. Paul Blackburn was pretty good. He went five and two-thirds, two earned runs, five strikeouts, no walks. So and that was his first start for Bassett, right? Or maybe his second start? Uh, I think that was his first. And so, great. Great first start. <clears throat> you know, Great first turn in the rotation, especially after all that. Yeah, it was very much needed. Tuesday, the A's more or less just got trounced. Cole Irvin did not have it, and he see, he left after like three innings pitched and is possibly dealing with a hip thing. I don't they have kind of kept that under wraps, hoping he can pitch his next yeah, I mean, turn. It doesn't, doesn't seem devastating, but it does seem like something. Doesn't, doesn't seem, seem like good. Chris Flexen flexed all over us mm-hmm. and dominated through six and two-thirds, and then they handed it off to Streckenridge, who finished it off, and the A's lost 5-1. to one. Mm-hmm. The, the back end of their bullpen is also looking scary. Yeah, it's not bad, and now they got Sean Doolittle. Yeah. Um, Thursday was there was a little bit more hopeful, I guess. I mean, they went down early. They were down six nothing early, and I we thought they were toast. And then they came back and they tied it at six. When Harrison tied it at six with a home run, I was almost positive they were going to win. The Harrison game tying shot to complete the sixth run comeback. Felt a little bit like a a turning point in the season, hopefully. Or at least in this recent stretch of bad games. The A's had not had any fight in them recently. And it turned out that it was not at all. And yeah, of course, that was it. After the fifth inning, they didn't score again. Didn't score. Scored a lot in a hurry. Didn't score again. Trevino blew it again. Um, You know, not much more. It It was a roller coaster that ended on a very bad note. It was a game that looked like they were going to win that they ended up losing to continue a losing streak, which is never um, good. You know, that's never a very good feeling. Um, but more life, honestly. more. I mean, after, after Tuesday, at least they were scoring runs. Yep. You know, because, I mean, they were, I don't know. We need to hit home runs. And they, they weren't hit home runs, so at least seeing them hit some home runs was good. And then Friday was just bad. Friday was Friday was so bad. Sean was just <laughs> they were hitting the ball literally all over the place. The, Stanton hit a ball like unbelievably far. The Sean Manaya Garrett Cole matchup went as badly as it could have gone. Yes, and we could we could do nothing. We couldn't we could we were getting nothing off off of, off of Garrett Cole, um, and the losing streak continued. Um, 
the free fall continued up to that point. It was very, very, very sad times. That was L number six to tie their season opening six losses in a row as the worst of the season. Worst six game stretch of the season. Equally poorly timed. Equally, yeah. I'm not sure which one was worse in my opinion. Just, I guess this one. To start the season in retrospect, that was nothing. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but it, it felt like a lot. It felt like a lot. I don't know. It's just They both feel like a lost. lot. Yeah, it's a lot of games to lose in I'm a row. I'm not sure at any point if they had lost six games, it would have been chill. Dude, and also seeing that the the Orioles lost, what, 19 in a row at one point? <laughs> yeah. That must have been. Imagine if we're doing an Orioles podcast. I can't really you know? imagine. That would be, un- that'd be like two weeks without a win. I mean, plus, you know, we wouldn't be weeks, as invested three weeks with the, without a in, an, in a season such as this for the Orioles. We would know what we're getting ourselves into. I still, it would still but be still, rough. 19, By that third week with no win, it would be like, wow, 19. dude. Makes me wonder if anyone's podcasting about the Orioles. I bet someone is, you know. Um, <laughs> good for them. I bet a couple people are. The Orioles have had some. The Orioles have had good time. Go you. Um, and then Saturday was all of a sudden like better. So it was all of a sudden like way better. Like uh, Frankie Montas did not do what I accused him of doing all the time and give gave, giving up two runs early and then settling in. He just settled right in from the beginning and he was great. And he dominated a very, very good Yankees lineup. Um, and he 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 did he was a stopper. He you know I mean he stepped up when we needed a win and he got us a win. Yep. Big um, time. He was awesome. He has the best stuff on the team, and I he, think, he really put it to good use. I think he does. And, um, you know, Chapman homered. Um, Chappie's low-key hot. Tony Kemp knocked in a run. We'll be hearing more from him here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, Romo Romo gave up a homer to judge, but we, we still love Tony Romo. We still love, <laughs> we still love Sergio Romo. So, uh We'll allow him a, a, He still a, got the job done. He, yeah, we won the game, so it doesn't matter that much. It made it a little bit closer and then I think either of us were comfortable with it being at that point, um, given all the damage that we had just endured. But regardless, they won. And so they win. Losing streak over. We're now on a winning streak, which was continued... On Sunday. On Sunday. There's another pitcher's duel. Paul Blackburn. Who would have thunk? He was not overpowering, but... He didn't allow anything more than five singles over his um, five, what was it, five and two-thirds innings of work here? I believe so. Five innings of work. Five hits, one walk, one strikeout. But he just really, it looked like every, he walked the first batter of the game. And then after that, it seemed like every pitch he threw was right where he wanted. Well, And it's like, it's a funny thing because he was existing somewhere between giving up singles and not striking guys out. Yep. Like, he had five singles, he gave up five singles, and he struck one guy out. And where whatever is in between those two things, he was there all day. A lot of ground balls, and Matt Chapman was really on full display on the national broadcast. It was pretty cool. Yes. All up until, you know, the the error. Um, but uh, So the A's scored on an uh, unearned run. Gio Urshela booted a double play ball. The bases were then loaded. And then on a, another double play ball... The inning seemingly ended, but Mark Canna actually beat it out. The A's, the the inning ended, the TV went to commercial, and then all of a sudden it came back. Yeah. And they were in replay review, and I was so happy to see that because I thought he was safe. 
And at that and, point, I was at work and I was like following at ga- on GameCast on my phone. So we were having two totally different experiences. You knew it was in replay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually got overturned. And it's just, it was another stepping stone in possibly this momentum shift. And the Ace had just not been getting any replay reviews their way and seemingly ones that should not possibly go against them were. So it had been rough, and it was really nice to see. Gave the A's a run, 1-0, which obviously wasn't going to be enough. Uh, The A's then made a couple errors of their own. Diekman took over for Paul Blackburn, and he was pitching great. Well, there was a petite petite inning there. There was a petite. There was was nothing doing petite inning there. There was a whole lot of nothing from petite there in a good way. Diekman took over, and in a duel with Rizzo, he got a little pop-up to Gomes, and it was such an easy play, honestly, and Gomes just didn't catch it. The inning lived on, and the next pitch was hit to Matt Chapman, and it had a lot of just funky spin on it. It wasn't even hit that hard. But he couldn't handle it, got through his legs, and the Yankees scored. So, tied at one. Morale was pretty low. (laughs) The pitching duel continued. Morale was pretty low. It really felt like the day of magic we'd experienced was over. And... Mark Canna hits a ball hard. He's he's looking okay the last couple of days. His so, 20th double of the year. That's pretty nice. It sneaks over Joey Gallo's head and left. He didn't take the greatest route ever. And then Tony Kemp, baby. He had already hit the ball well once in that game as a pinch hitter. And this was his second at bat. First pitch swinging. Apparently his brother told him the night before that he has a over 400 batting average on the first pitch of at-bats. So... He went in with a new mindset. First pitch swinging, two-run dinger. A's take the lead, 3-1. And they didn't give it back. Nope. Chafin shut the door. Um, a lot of people are hoping he can be the closer from now on. I think it's going to be a committee thing. I, I wouldn't, I would not, I Chafin gets it for a while, though. You know, I mean. Chafin-Romo, maybe depending Chafin, on I'm what just, the matchups are. I think Chafin... As, my, I, as I just said, I love, I love Sergio Romo. But I, th- I believe in Chafin a little bit more in that role. Yeah. I like, I like Romo in the eighth. You know, like, because he just seems like... Whenever he's in the ninth, he seems to give up at least a run. Now, they usually don't put him in in one-run games in the ninth. But he seems to give up no runs in the eighth and some runs in the ninth. Um, and that's basically... That's based on just me right now saying yep. that. Um but regardless, yeah, Garrett was Garrett. Garrett got the win. Garrett was good. Garrett's been pretty good recently. Um, yep. So huge two games, huge two games to win. Um, and suddenly the week from hell, a week and a half from hell, was maybe maybe over, and we'll see. We'll see how things go. But it could have been worse. They could have lost every game this week. Yeah, and I mean, I two and four is way different than zero and six. And. Uh, at least one or two of the four games that they lost, they probably could have won. But both of the games that they won, they definitely could have lost. So um, I'll take it and move on to maybe an easier week. Yeah. You know, and, I, um, you know something to keep in mind is they're they're losing painful games, but they are so close to winning them too. Yes. And a few things go differently, and the A's could easily have like five more wins over the last two weeks. Yeah. So let's just hope that a little bit more bounces our way from here on out. My moment of the week was Big Frankie stepping up, got his 10th win of the year, seven innings pitched, two hits, no runs, one walk, six strikeouts, lowered his ERA to 3.66, and it was just so 
needed. The, the A's bullpen needed it. The A's needed a win. Um, it was about as close to a stress-free game as you could get, winning 3-2 versus the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, huge. The momentum was in the, on the A's side the entire time, um, mostly due to Frankie. And he, I mean, as as you said earlier, I think he truly does have the best stuff on the team. You know, the best, like, pure stuff. He is, when Frankie's on, he is really hard to hit, you know? Yep. Um, my moment of the week, we're going to stay with the pitcher. <laughs> we're going to stay with the pitchers. Um, I'm sticking, I'm talking about Paul Blackburn, dude. I'm loving me some Paul Blackburn. Polly B. Um, two starts. Uh, ten and two-thirds. Two earned, six Ks, seven hits. Um, and the two earned were was is a two run homer by Mitch Haniger. So really, like, one certifiably bad pitch the whole week. Yep. And uh that's good anyway. That would be awesome anyway, if someone if we just randomly called someone up and they did that. Um it's even cooler that it's Paul Blackburn, and it's even cooler that he did it in response to Chris Bassett getting hurt. You know, I mean, filling in for Chris Bassett getting hurt this way is awesome. Is like super, super awesome. And it's even more awesome that it's Paul Blackburn, who we love anyway. I mean, he easily led the way for our pitching staff this week. He had 10.2 innings total. He gave up 10 hits, two runs, one walk, six strikeouts. That's a 1.69 ERA. And Frankie on the week had a zero ERA, but that was only through seven innings. Yeah. So. But they were seven great innings, man. And looking at the numbers, it lines up with what we saw. Uh, Lou Trevino had a bad week. <laughs> Lou Trevino had a bad week. Sean Manai had a bad week. James Cap had a bad week. Sergio Romacan had a bad week, too. He got a save, though. Romo had a bad week, but he he put it in the right spots. <laughs> he did, yeah. They were, any he shuffled he things made, in, were, under the rug just anything, the right any, any, any mistakes he made were, were not that noticeable. Um, but I mean, I talk of what was that? Our first win in our last eight nationally televised baseball games. Uh, maybe all I saw was first since two thousand and four. Uh, first Sunday night baseball win since two thousand four. I think we had ESPN. lost. I think we had lost eight in a row. Oof. Um, and no wonder they don't give us games. It was Paul. You know, I mean, it was Paul Blackburn <laughs> going out there against the Yankees. In on, Oakland. In Oakland on Sunday night baseball. The camera was like kind of out of whack. It, it was, was like blurry and picking up the primed. green screen on the jerseys. Everything was, was primed for us to get blasted. Yeah. And um, but, we totally didn't. Enjoy. Compl- Tony Kemp continues to dismantle the Yankees. He's the Yankee killer. He's got three home runs against them this year, like five total. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Who needs Aaron Judge when you got five foot six Tony Kemp on the job? Hitting lasers all over. Way the Way more athletic and fast um, than Aaron Judge. And dude, it was uh, man, A Rod is A Rod's pretty bad. He's rough. A Rod's pretty bad. Rough. I love Matt Vasgersian, you know, but it's he. It, they're also kind of a strange combination, you know. Matt Vasgersian's cool. A Rod's not really that cool, and seemed to have. A little bit of a vendetta against the Yankees, which was a weird... Why would you put him on the Yankees? You know, I mean, it was just... Every time something went poorly for the Yankees, he seemed to have a really, really, really good time with it. Which I wasn't, like, totally against, but it was weird. It was a weird thing to watch. It, like, really affected the broadcast for me a little bit. The parts... I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but the parts that I watched, it was very noticeable that he's just... He's a strange dude. 
He's a little weird. He's probably bitter about the J-Lo thing. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear him say one thing that kind of stuck out to me. Maybe uh, maybe it was a, a good thing for him to say as a baseball analyst. But I think um, I think Paul was in a jam. He, he got out in a jam to start the game. It was two runners on, nobody out. Yeah. And he got the double play to get out of it. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, at one point, A-Rod was like, he needs to pitch every pitch like... It's an 0-2 count. Like, pitch the whole game like it's an 0-2 count. I don't know. It was it was an intriguing way to think about how the how you might want to just, like, not even be remotely easy to hit. Yeah, like, always Anyways, make competitive pitches. I had never heard anyone say have an 0-2 mindset the whole game. It's an in- interesting thought. Um, and, like, lots of walks might be, might be happening, but at least you're not going to give up a bomb, theoretically. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. That may have been the coolest thing. I honestly. guess one of the coolest things, the just winning on winning winning because I feel like we are not. The general consensus is becoming that we are one of the teams that is not for real in the AL playoff picture, and I don't feel like that's true at all. Well, that happens when you lose like nine of eleven. I guess that's true, but we're still right in there. Still in it, and we, this is a uh, this is a team of thirteen game win streaks in this season. So they are resilient. They are um, indeed. Starting with Chris Bassett, the man himself. If you haven't seen the picture of his face, you should go check it out. He looks remarkably good. Yes, it, it's very yellow, uh, yellowish, purplish. There's like a. It kind of just looks like he got punched, though. There's like a obviously a scar from the surgery, but it yeah. looks so chill. It yeah. looks like it's been healing for weeks. Um, and yeah, it kind of looks like he got hit in the face real hard, but not. By a baseball at 100 miles an hour that no. shattered his cheekbone. No, that doesn't look it. It's crazy. It's crazy how good he looks. And I think he is. I think he's lucky. I think he's. he's I mean, we're lucky. I think everyone in this situation he's is lucky. He's saying how lucky he knows he is. Yeah. Um, and I hope it never happens to anyone ever again. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know? um, even, even now, knowing everything's okay, still weird times. Still a very strange thing. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it has provided Paul Blackburn an opportunity to pitch. Paul Blackburn's pitching his tail off. So in the event that something is happening to Cole Irvin or Caprillion can't really get it together. Um, we have another arm, we have Paul Blackburn. We've watched Paul Blackburn do it a couple times now. So Blackburn, Blackburn, he have the 0.5 war over three games. Yep. He's been great. That's pretty good. He really has been great. I was going to say, um, Bassett said he doesn't even remember it happening, and so because of that, he doesn't plan on ever watching the video so that there's no chance of the fear of it happening again sneaking into him. That's At this point, he says he's not afraid, and he wants to get back on the mound this year. Um, so that would be crazy. Yeah, It's funny. Your brain can very conveniently do that for you sometimes. So just take a memory yeah. and just slice it right out of there. You yeah. know, like, okay, nope, my, we're not dealing with that. My brain did that with the first four games of this week until yeah. I was setting up for this podcast. And we're going to do it right as soon as this podcast is done recording. We're going <laughs> to... The only thing I'm going to remember is again. the last two games. Yeah. Um, but... Speaking of yes, speaking comebacks of and comebacks, resiliency... Resiliency. Chris Davis is like having one of the most <laughs> dominant stretches of power hitting that anyone's ever had He's at any level. knocking down the door. He was just named the AAA Player of the Week, or at least one of the four. They name like four people a week. Uh, he now has, through 14 games, a 1.351 OPS, a .947 slugging. Slugging, that's slugging nobody, percentage alone. Nobody else on the team has one over 
His on base is over 400. His average is 350. He's got nine homers, has, three triples, and he's got nine homers, two triples, and three doubles in 14 games. He's doing everything he could possibly doing. The deadline for a player to be on, to be postseason eligible, he has to be on the 40-man roster by August 31st, midnight of August 31st. So that'll be Tuesday around 9 p.m. Yes. On our Pacific coast. Um, so we got to make a 40-man roster move. And I was looking at the 40-man. That doesn't seem like it's going to be difficult to do. No. We got... And if... I... I I would, I will literally bet, I'd be willing to bet about $500 that they do it. Me too. And I'm seeing here um, a player who doesn't meet said, said, meet said criteria for postseason eligibility can still be added to a team's roster in the postseason via petition to the commissioner's office. And it all has to do with replacing an injured player. So uh, that seems a little sketchy. I'm not sure I want to bank on anything going through the commissioner's office. You know, Piscotti's already done. Yeah. So I feel like it's they just need to do something because Pinder's not doing it right now. I love Chad Pinder, but he's if we need a right-handed bat, there's no reason to have Chad Pinder out there when Chris Davis there's is on There's plenty fire. of room for a guy in the lineup who's hitting a home run every day in AAA. So yes. um, they're going to find and him. And especially when the guy has a track record of hitting the ball out of Oakland. <laughs> Does it not just feel like destiny? I yes. mean, we just... We all thought the season when it's over. It was one of the ugliest collapses we'd ever seen. And... I don't know, Matt Chapman's on the phone saying, Chris, you got to come back, you got to come back. And who better to lead the A's through a postseason than Chris Davis? Just hit a home run every game, and the A's will win the World Series. Well, and the thing is, like, it's... If if Chris Davis had been... If nothing had ever happened to him, this lineup would have the been... The A's would be steamrolling people. Yeah. You know, like, it, the lineup is great still. You know, imagine... imagine Adding, imagine if they added Starling Marte to a lineup that had a functional forty Chris home Davis. run Chris Davis and a functional Matt Chapman. And there, I mean, they're close. And Matt Chapman is back on his way. They uh, are close to that being the real world right now. Matt Chapman, yeah. This I was thinking about this today. If this team can just play the way they're supposed to, like this should be, they should be able to get, make it the playoffs. Uh, Matt Chapman had a nine thirteen OPS this week. Yeah, with he's. Two home runs. He's hammering the and ball. And he was just, like in that game yesterday, I think he hit the ball out of the park almost like three times. Yeah. Yeah. He hit it. He was hit, he's hitting it really hard. In all directions. Um, and it's, yeah, things are things are trying, kind of coming together. And if Chris Davis turns out to be the missing piece, it will A, not be, be very surprising, and B, be awesome. I, I don't know what number he's going to wear. Because Starling Marte wears number two now. I was thinking it'd be kind of funny if he got number 20 for, like, Chris Davis 2.0. Oh, yeah. But I think, like, who's number 20? Mark Canna? Yeah. Someone's Mark. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I could see Starling Marte giving up the number two. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I bet ho- Chris ho- Davis doesn't see. really care. I hope we see. Yeah, I, I'm, I bet he just wants to be back on a major league team. Yeah. Um, anyway, cool. Coming up, the coming week. I know at least seems easier on paper. We got the Tigers for three, and then what's after that? The Blue Jays. Okay, well, Tigers. I know the Tigers have been playing way better in the second half than they did in the first half, but I know I think that they're a team that we're still better than. We got Tigers for two, I guess. No, three. We have. Oh, is it three? Tomorrow okay. also. Um, it's just had a little road game. trip here, huh? 
Yes, the start of September. Tomorrow, Tuesday, is the last day of August. And then we're, we got 30 games left. 30 games. Starting on the 1st of September. Bleeds over a little bit into October. Uh, I'm not that afraid of the Tigers or the Blue Jays. I'm going to go with a very safe 3-3 three and three prediction because who knows? I don't know. I'm going to go 5-1 and one because Let's we need go. to. Let's go. We really can't afford to lose series against teams that we have to beat. No, we need to win. I And this is, uh, it's almost like a little bit of a gauntlet. Pers- like it, It's like a fan gauntlet. It's like I'm now, they have to go 5-1 and one this week. So we'll yeah, see. I'm if changing they will. my prediction to one and five to really light a fire under their butts. Ah, ah, we're going off. We're on completely opposite <laughs> approaches. One of us is going to be right. <laughs> no, we're not. No, no. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, but not me. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I, yeah, I mean, I think the, I'm the Tigers better than advertised this year. I still don't think quite on our level, and so I think we should at least take two out of three. Probably sweep them if everything goes well. And then the Blue Jays, we play pretty well against the Blue Jays. So, um, yeah, I think we could. They could go five and one, and they should go five and one. They need to go five and one. So, hopefully, um, but we will see. We'll see on that one. I feel bad about one. I've changed it to four and two. <laughs> <laughs> four and two. I could live with four and Dude, two. September is stressful. I'd even be happy with four and two. Let's just slowly get up, ramp it up. We got yeah. to hit a winning week, and then yeah. we'll win every game yeah. from the on up. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a couple six and zero weeks in here, but just not quite yet. With with thirty games left, um, I'm hoping they can win twenty or thirty one. Yeah, thirty one, including Tuesday. Yeah, I'm hoping they can win twenty games. Go twenty eleven, see where that gets them. That's a lot of wins. You know, that would be a good amount of wins. That would put them at ninety two, ninety two and seventy. Seventy. Yep. Which is should be good enough to get in the playoffs. You know, I agree with that. I, I think anything less than that would be them not playing very well. Yeah. And anything more than that might be a little bit. I mean, you know, like twenty four and seven would be great, but I don't know. I'd if like a little bit that. of magic. I'm hoping for some twenty twelve magic. I, and they have they've got talent. So, um, coolest thing I saw this week: Salvador Perez homered in five straight games, and in the process set the record for AL catchers. Homering at 38. Um, and Johnny Bench's record for catcher's homer overall in a season is 45. And that seems, at, at least at the pace that he's going, who knows, you know, you, people get cold all the time. But, I mean, at the rate he's going, he's going to have 50. He so, is very impressive. We're seeing one of the best offensive seasons ever by a catcher by Salvador Perez right now. Did you and already say cool. how close he is to Johnny Bench? Yeah. I that. I was... Staring off into yep. my computer screen, so that's been cool. I love, I love, I love offensive catchers. So, um, my moment, my coolest thing in MLB this week um, was related to our playoff postseason chase. Here, um, the Red Sox and Indians were playing on Sunday. The Red Sox were winning four to zero after five innings, and then Indians scored three, and then the Red Sox scored one. And then the Indians scored one. And then you had a 5-4 ball game in the eighth inning. And then going into the bottom of the eighth, Cleveland <laughs> scored three runs. Much aided by a interference call on the base, base paths. It was very interesting. Um, it was I think there was a runner on first. A, a ball was hit to the fence. The runner from first tried to score on his way rounding second. He crossed paths with the shortstop, 
who was really not that in his way, but he shoved him out of his way to like make it very apparent that their paths had crossed. Like it really didn't disrupt his his running that much, but they did make contact with each other, and then he kept running, ran all the way home, called him out at the plate easily, and then like the very next second, the umpire just like goes, nope, nope, interference, and he was safe, and the run scored, and the Red Sox were irate, and the Red Sox went on to lose, and the A's gained a game on them, and it was awesome. Love it. <laughs> love when it, love when a plan comes together. You it was know? super cool. Because that's, I mean, everything's been going pretty well for the Red Sox recently, so. Yep. Yesterday, every team that the A's are chasing lost, and the Mariners won, so that was a bummer. But the Red Sox, Yankees, and Astros all lost, so we need more of that. The Mariners are not quite going away. Need more of that. In general, playoff picture for us is we're five and a half out of the AL West division lead, and we're... Two games above the Mariners, and we're, we're two out in the wild card. I think we're. Th- I had this up. Dang it! We're two and a half back of the Red Sox, four and a half back of the Yankees. Boy, these these teams look very evenly matched on paper. Their differentials are. Plus 52, plus 63, plus 61, A's being 61. It's going to be a tight race. It is going to be a very tight race. But we shall see. Um, and our look back at an A's great of the week this week is Jason Kendall. Only an A for two years, but two pretty good years. The 2006 part of, A's. Part of 2007, too. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he wasn't, he was a, a pretty, he was a, he was an offensive force earlier in his career. He was. I was so excited uh, when we got him because all I knew about him was that he had hit like what, 370 that one time? Yeah. I mean, in three, in <laughs> no, 98, 99. He never, he never hit 370. No, but, but 98, 99, <laughs> 2000 for the Pirates, he hit 327, 332, 320. Which for a catcher, I think in my young head felt like 370. Well, yeah. And absolutely. And is probably worth 370, honestly, with how good he is on defense. Um, and OPS pluses those, those years are 131, 137, and 124. The 137 OPS plus catching is not bad. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's, Fast forward two thousand five, for the A's. Um, yeah, not not hit, still hitting pretty well. Two seventy one, two ninety five. Not much power, um, but great defensive catcher. Um, three and a half WAR in two thousand five, four four point seven in two thousand six. So a solid contributor to a very good Oakland team. Um, what's and, his What's his total WAR on B- Baseball Ref? Um, Forty one point seven. Okay. I'm looking is, at fan graphs. He's got him at 37.1. I know they do catcher framing differently and stuff like that. Um, but still, that's not a, that is not an insignificant number. No, that is a very you know, good that's, I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's he was an All-Star three times. First round da- draft pick in 1992, the year I was born. He was the 23rd overall pick. Lots of good things happened in that year. Um, and he was, I mean, 2006, one of one of the more influential teams in my life. You know, I mean, they were really, really good. They, they were yeah. fun to watch. They were good. And we were, like, high schoolers, so, fun, you know. 
And um, finally he was, starting to grasp with the baseball thing. He was an integral part of that team. You know, I mean, he was one of the leaders of that team. And uh, he but, had 295. He had 295 at the top. Great. Man. Nick you know? Swisher, Frank Thomas. Totally. Um, and uh, yeah, that's our look back of the week. Right. Love. Love him. Love Jason Kendall. <laughs> Absolutely. We may be sticking with the catcher theme through next week, but we won't spoil too much about that. Hint, hint. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was, uh, it wasn't that bad of a week. We survived. It was looking real bad. It was really bad, bad midweek. There was, you know, after Wednesday, I think we had the conversation like, man, the podcast going to be the, There were shit. topics of changing the topic up entirely yeah. for the week. Yeah, just not like, even let's just talk about, about the games. our lives. <laughs> <laughs> um... But anyway, okay, that's the end of the week. Onward and upward. That was a bad one. The next one will be good. The season started Saturday, everybody. Let's go, Ace. We're 2-0 and since then. Um, Alrighty, everybody. Well, have a good week, and we will talk to you soon. Go, Ace. Bye-bye.